We're days away from the start of the season. Is this the season that you've been most excited for or you've seen the most hype for the team? I think it's the most excited I've been for a season since 1999. Yeah, I think it's definitely the most hype and uh, the outlook for this team is better than it's been since 99. Welcome into Jags AM presented by Jet Home Loans. I'm Kainani Stevens. Brian Sexton, John Ogier here with me as we get prepared for week one. We're going to talk a little bit about the game plan and what we've got looking forward to, got to look forward to in week one because we're finally there. We're finally, finally getting there. Um, what are you looking for in terms of, we talk about how hyped we are for this team, but Brian, what are you looking at in terms of wanting to see in week one? Well, I, I want to see what we saw in the early going against the Dolphins, which was an offense that could do whatever it wants, right? I mean, there are multiple running backs. You've got multiple options in the passing game. Look, let's face it, Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, I mean, these are guys that are very creative offensively, and I expect to see a level of offense that we haven't seen here since 99. Yeah, I, I, I expect to see that feel we had in the Dolphins game of a team that couldn't wait to get out of the gate and that in that game, I got the feeling that they had practiced for an offseason and a preseason and just couldn't wait to show people how good they were. You hope you see that against the Dolphins, I mean, against the Colts. I'm assuming you're going to see an element of that. So I think on the other side, you want to see a team uh, defensively that is better than the observers are thinking. This is a team that's bringing back 11 guys uh, as far as starters. So I think you want to see a team on defense that has a little more energy, a little more ability to get to the quarterback than maybe observers think. I think if you see, if you see those two things, then yes, I'm really excited about the season. All right, it's game week. Let's get to our big things. The big thing number one this week is gonna be, you think you know. You're facing off against a division opponent in the Indianapolis Colts, but this is not the Indianapolis Colts that we saw last year. They've got a new head coach. The offense is gonna be starting a rookie quarterback. Their defense lost you know, their best player in Stephon Gilmore, who's now in Dallas. So. John, what are we going to see from this Indianapolis team? How different is it going to be with Shane Steichen leading them? Well, I think you don't know. And uh, that's what makes week one so interesting in the NFL. Um, I think you're going to see a Colts team that tries to protect the quarterback a little bit, tries to not put him in situations where he makes mistakes, and tries to get him outside the pocket. They would like to create, and maybe chaos is the wrong word, but they would like to create moments where the Jaguars defense is confused and doesn't know what they're doing. Um, with this quarterback, if there's some indecision on the part of the Jaguars, I think the Colts feel like he can create enough big plays to keep them in it. So uh, really week one, that's the big mystery in the NFL everywhere. You don't know what you're going to see. I sure like this better than if Jonathan Taylor was playing. Hey, look, everywhere, every year, I can remember standing on the field at MetLife Stadium in 2018 before the Jags-Giants game. And, and Doug Marone was kind of bouncy. And I said, just, you know, opening day nerves. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, I really don't know. They've got a coaching change. They've got players. We've got it. You just don't know an opening day. It just always feels this way. So it's one of those things that both teams are going to deal with it. It's not an advantage to one or the other. Um, but, you know, when you talk about division rivalries, generally you feel like you know a little bit more. It's completely different. This is no longer the, the pass-happy uh, Colts of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and what they tried to have with Philip Rivers and, 
and uh, Carson Wentz and, and most recently Matt Ryan. I mean, this is a team that wants to beat you up at the line of scrimmage and, and use the physical running game, and especially with this quarterback, be able to open things up for the deep ball. Very good. Big thing number two for us today is it's been a minute because uh, John pointed out in our reporters podcast yesterday that the Jaguars have not won in Indianapolis since 2017. So, Brian, do you make something of the fact that, you know, there's a bit of a bugaboo with them playing in Indianapolis or is no. it clear we break that? It's, well, it's a tough place to play, you know, and they have had good players on both sides of the ball. They still do have good players. I mean, their offensive line is some really talented guys. Their defensive line with DeForest Buckner, they got a first-round pick in Quiddy Pay. Shaquille Leonard is a guy that can make a lot of noise if he's healthy. Uh, no, I mean, they, they play well at home. They've been a good team. They've not been a great team. The Jaguars haven't been that good of a team since 2017 until last year. And they probably should have won last year. They had the lead there with two minutes to play. But Shaq Griffin became the target and couldn't hold up and gave up the game-winning touchdown. So, it... it I don't make a lot of it other than the Jaguars haven't been good enough. I think that changes this year. Well, it's been a series where both teams have won at home five years in a row now. Right. Uh, so, it, yeah, I make a little bit of it. I, I think I make more of what Brian just mentioned. This is a defense. Gus Bradley is still there as defensive coordinator, meaning this defense knows how it wants to play. I don't think the defense will have very much confusion. That worries you a little bit because you're not going against new there. You're not going to see very many communications breakdowns, and there's some talent. I think that's where the Colts have a chance to sort of stay in this thing. But in terms of uh, winning up there, when they won up there in 17, the Colts were basically a broken team. Andrew Luck was not there. They shut him out that day, 28 to nothing. Yeah, that had just sort of happened. So you sort of hope with a new quarterback, with Jonathan Taylor not there, that they have that broken feeling. Our last big thing is going to be state of the line because the offensive line is was a strong suit going into training camp. They had some injuries, but the starters are still mostly intact. But going up against that Colts defense, which they've had trouble with at times, DeForest Buckner always a force for them. Brian, what are you looking at in terms of how they're going to be dealing with that? Well, I mean, Buckner's a game wrecker. I mean, in the middle of the line, he can get his hands up and bat down balls. Uh, he, he legitimately, he did not play as well last year. He was dealing with injuries. But he's the kind of guy that you really worry about. And he makes guys around him a lot better. Grover Stewart is a very good, you know, I don't know whether he's a nose tackle or a three technique, however they decide to play him. And Quiddy Pay's a former first-round pick who's got speed and explosiveness. Well, if you're having to double DeForest Buckner on every play, you're opening up opportunities for their guys against a Jaguars line with a rookie starting at right tackle. Walker Little played well last year when he had a chance to play left tackle. But, you know, you're still waiting for him to settle in there. I just think it's... It, the offensive line was a storyline in training camp. Mm -hmm. Will it still be on Sunday night? Yeah, uh, DeForest Buckner is a force. Uh, what you wonder is uh, Shaquille Leonard, remember a couple years ago, was as good as any linebacker in the league, mm -hmm. did not play very much last year, it is dealing with stuff. Uh, if he makes it back, then He's all a of really a sudden good they've got two elite kind of players on defense, starts turning that uh, defensive unit around. Um, you just kind of feel right now that an interior player to Forrest Buckner, this Jaguars team, as good as it is offensively, should be able to handle that and explode for some points. It's not that you don't worry about it, but you assume that the Jaguars have enough to overcome that. Should be under control. All right, coming up, we're going to get to this or that as we look at the game against Indianapolis coming up on Sunday. We're here on Jags AM, presented by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com.
comparison shopping cashback coupons all in one. It's free. Check out price.com today. And we're coming back with you here on Jags AM. We're going to be doing our price.com this or that. We've got game week this week. Oh, I love the theme song. All right, Ryan, we're going to start off with you. What's your this or that this week? Well, here's it's a a margin of victory, right? So do you think that the Jaguars win the ball game, and I'm picking them to win, so I'm assuming. Yes, okay, we're going with a win, got it. Uh, You expect them to win by less than seven points or by more than 14 points. And I'll throw it out there. I'm going by more than 14, John, because it's a rookie quarterback in his first start. And just randomly, I went around and looked at first starts by top five quarterbacks through the history of well, for the last 20 years of, uh, of rookie quarterbacks, and most of them start off with at least two interceptions. So I'm going to say that the Jaguars win by more than 14 points because I expect this offense to be able to score, and I think that the rookie will give the ball up a couple of times. I'm going to go with less than seven, but I believe they're going to win by 10. And the reason I think that is I think they're going to lead late and then get a pull-away touchdown late because I think they're going to be leading late and get a turnover, get something that happens and sort of makes the score look better. But for the purposes of your question, my friend, I'll do uh, less than seven. So you think it'll be close all the way and then at the end? Yeah, I think it's going to be close because I think think Richardson will do enough weird stuff to keep them in it and make the fans angry with me. (laughs) They're always angry with you. John, what's your this or that this week? It is – do the – the Jaguars score more or less than 27 points. And uh, J.P. Shadrick, our esteemed colleague, got pointed out yesterday that the Jaguars have never scored more than 27 at Indianapolis. Interesting. Um, it feels like this team, I think they'll score 28 to 30. Uh, so I think they'll score more than that. And I think the days of them not scoring more than that up there are coming to an end. Because I think this team's going to score a lot for a long time. Yeah, I say they score 27 or more. I'm going with 31. I think this is a 31-17 kind of bowl game. All right, I think that's fair. Uh, mine is similar to, in expectations to what we can expect from the offense as well, because when you're talking about scoring 27 or plus out of the gate, that means an offense that's working well. Mine's about Calvin Ridley. Everybody's been talking about the new weapon. Are we going to see him come out of the gate, have 100-plus yards, a touchdown or two, and all this right out of the gate? Or is this something that's going to build that chemistry with Trevor Lawrence? We're going to get more of a breakout game later in the year. I'm going with, I think it'll be a slow burn. I think that we will see flashes from him, but I don't know if we're going to see that crazy connection right out of everything in game one. Yeah, I don't know what stats we're going to see from Calvin, but I don't think it's going to take him long to acclimate to Trevor Lawrence. We saw in training camp, uh, the suddenness and the speed is really impressive out of Calvin Ridley. Uh, Maybe the stats don't show up because I think maybe teams know about him and are going to try to take him away. Uh, but I don't think you're going to see a feel of Jaguars fans wondering why they got this guy. I just don't know if the numbers are going to follow. But I think he's going to be fine out of the gate. If you're Gus Bradley and you look at the Jaguars offense, who are you saying we've got to stop him at all costs, right? Um, I, I mean, I think number one is Calvin Ridley. And so I think you'll see them roll their coverages his way. Not wanting to give up the big play and thinking that with Shaq Leonard in the middle there, they can keep things in front of them. I mean, that's kind of the way you play with a cover three. So my guess is, and that's Gus Bradley's uh, base defense. So my guess is, is that Zay Jones is a guy who's going to have a big day. Because I think they're going to be so worried about him and Ingram beating them for the short yardage and underneath and what Christian Kirk can do for them and Travis Etienne. I think Zay Jones is a guy this year who's going to have a huge year. He's going to be the beneficiary of 
defense is looking at some other things, and he is a guy with deceptive speed and, and big playability. So I think Zay has the big day on Sunday in Indy. Lots of weapons, lots of options. We'll see what they end up doing on Sunday. Coming up uh, in our next segment, we're going to do Ozone Mailbag. John will share his wisdom with us and answer all your questions. So stay with us. For 10 years, DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all of the available inventory and go Jags. All right, it's your favorite time of the week. John Osher is going to share his wisdom with us, answer your most written-in questions, what you need to know. So we're going to start out with one of our uh, one of our viewers, I guess I put it that way, one of our readers, one of John's readers, I'll say. Sue from Omaha, barring key injury, she says, she believes that the team will be at least 13-4 and four in the regular season. Do you think the win total is too low, too high, or just right? Well, I think it's too high, and I'm not... I'm not trying to criticize Sue here, but 13 wins in the regular season is a lot. I'm with Sue. I'm, let's do this. For a team go that won nine home. last year. I think it's a smidge too low. I'm going 11 or 12 wins for this team. I think 11 or 12 is a good total for any team in the NFL. So I think it's a touch too high, which doesn't mean I don't think they're good. I just think 13, you need a lot to, uh, to go right. You need to play well every week. You need to not have things go against you certain weeks, and you need to be healthy all season. So I think 13 is tough. Yeah, I mean – there's just so many examples of, of you don't know who's going to be healthy or who's not. I mean, like, so right now, Kansas City fans say, well, you know, we're at home defending champs Thursday night against the Lions. Well, it appears they're going to play without Travis Kelsey. And Chris Jones hasn't reported yet. Are you still so confident about that, right? You just don't know over the course of an entire season. Sure. And now a 17-week season, who's going to be there and who's not going to be there. So saying that we're going to be 13-4 and four is like saying, well, we're going to be healthy all year. That right. just feels a little bit off to me. So I, I was an 11-win team. I, I mean, I thought last year they should have won a couple more games. Mm-hmm. And to me, it makes sense. You know, 11, 12 wins is about... It feels like you can overcome some injuries here and there. By the way, what if Travis Kelsey has a knee issue and doesn't play for three or four weeks? That and Chris Jones isn't in here for week two. two. Yep. Okay. I mean, you just don't know. The injury situation is really what drives um, things in this league. Yes, that's why we don't like to predict, or I like to predict anyway. I'll, I'll speak well, for myself. Well, you just did. You said 13 and 4. Uh, Sue and I are on the same page. We're going we're gonna to go We're gonna go big or go home. All right, our next writer slash viewer here is going to be Bradley from Sparks, Nevada. Do you think the Jags have the most balanced offense when compared with the other AFC elites? It's so tough to say uh, most balanced. You know, um, I think Cincinnati's pretty balanced. Uh, so is Buffalo. Yeah, so... I don't know if they're significantly more balanced. I'll say this, they're really balanced, uh, the Jags. Um, And I think what's gonna happen, the reason I chose this question, I think they're gonna surprise people and maybe even fans with how well they can run. So it's it's a fair point. They might wind up the end of the season with everybody around the NFL talking about how balanced they are. So I think they have a chance to be the correct answer to this question. I just don't know yet. Well, but we look at the AFC though, John. I mean, the, the Chargers, the Chiefs, we talked about the Bengals and the Bills. What about what about the Jets, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they, they've got Dalvin Cook all of a sudden to go with Brees Hall, who's back, and Aaron Rodgers. And their defense, as we saw last year, on that Thursday night before Christmas, really good. So I don't think they're any more balanced, but they're right there in the mix mm-hmm. 
for being one of those balanced teams in the AFC, and that's what they needed to be. And I think the offensive line gives them a little leg up, too, because you talk about the Jets, their offensive line's a mess. So, like, I'll give them skill set players, but they're really, you know, you count all 11 there, and I, I don't really see a hole at this point. Again, some of that needs to be proven with some of the younger guys, like um, Tank Bigsby or, or um, you know, the tight ends, if Brenton Strange is in there on the two tight end sets. But... It's there. We'll just have to wait and see what we actually get out of it. All right, our final question in the Ozone Mailbag comes from Nick, and he wants to know, are we going to see Gardner Minshew play on Sunday? You know, I don't. And I understand the question. You've got a rookie quarterback for the Colts. Uh, so Minshew usually plays in that situation when things break down. I don't think, barring injury to Anthony Richardson, I don't think they'll go away from him and play Minshew in week one. That would surprise me. Uh, but Minshew is a presence that if, if Shane Steichen is thinking, I'm going to give Richardson a chance in games until I want to see Minshew, you know, that doesn't feel right to me. So I don't think you'll see him. Do you know, I, I, I credit Gardner Minshew, who has never backed down. He seems to have, have figured out his role here, right? I mean, he said when Anthony was named the starter, I support him. I think he's going to be star in the league. Connect the dots. He came with Shane Steichen, and Steichen had to tell him when he signed him, we're going to draft quarterback at four, so understand your role. Um, and both of them are coached by the same off-the-field coach. Well, not off-the-field coach. Away from the franchise coach, Denny Thompson, okay. who's a guy who has a, a facility here in Mandarin. So you get the sense that Minshew's perspective has been shaped on where he fits. Um, I mean, it doesn't. no, I don't think we're going to see him because I think you're going to want Richardson to understand if it's good, here's how we play. If it's bad, here's how we get through it and keep going. There's no point to put Minshew in if Richardson's going to be your guy. He's going to be the guy. And I think for the first time in his career, Minshew looks and says, well, Chase Daniel made $42 bucks as a backup quarterback. I can live a really nice life on that. I'm going to do that. Mark the- Brunel played 19 years, right? He made a lot of money as a backup quarterback. I think Gardner looks and says, I'm okay. It's not the worst job in the world to wear a baseball cap and hold a clipboard once in a while. No, and he's a competitor. He wants to play, no doubt. But he understands the circumstances and the situation. So... And I do think if we do see Gardner Minshew, it's a bad situation because that means, unfortunately, either Richardson got hurt because mm-hmm. mentally you don't want to, you're putting your rookie in there, they're putting the faith in him. You don't want to take him out and, and put someone else in, even if you're down four touchdowns. Well, you want unpredictable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Minshew kind of screws with your game plan because he is entirely unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe it is a game. Well, maybe we will see him. I don't think we will. So. All right. Well, John says no. So, and that was, and that was who you wrote into and who you wanted the answer from. So that's the final word. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Jags fans, if you want customized Jaguars furniture for your home, check out ZipChair.com to browse all customizable options. ZipChair is furniture for fans. All right, it's finally game week. We're going to fully preview the matchup against the Colts on Thursday, but uh, we're going to hear from Doug today. We're going to hear from Trevor today. What are you hoping to hear, you know, from them in terms of what they're doing for preparing for week one? Oh, I think you'll hear what you expect. They're fired up. They're ready. They know that even though they're favored against the Colts, you got to go up there and, and do it. I think, you'll, I think, Brian, you'll hear the normal week one stuff. Yeah. I, nobody wants to step too far out you know, on the right. ladder there and, and risk falling over and falling flat on your face. But I think the one thing about this quarterback and this coach is their relationship and, the, and Trevor's maturity level and leadership ability and just overall mastery of the situation that he's in with Doug and his experience. Um, I, I love listening to these guys talk about the different matchups week to week. So I'm excited for this today. I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited for Friday. Bring it on. Let's go. Absolutely. Brian's excited. Let's go. Woo!
we're going to talk about the game tomorrow. We've got going across the sidelines, if you will, with our Colts insiders. We preview the matchup for Sunday, so make sure you join us tomorrow on Jags AM on Thursday. We'll see you then.